You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Bulldog Hour's fifth season. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Um, you know, I, it feels like a while since we've done a Bulldog Hour, like me. Um, but I know, uh, you know, things have really ramped up this in, in the summer, and so uh, the, the countdown is on, you know. Um Less than two months. I'm sure you probably know the exact number of days, but let, let, I, sh- I shouldn't have put you on the spot. But like, I know it's you know less than two months till the season is underway, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like in terms of games, and um, we've got plenty to talk about. Yeah, we absolutely have a lot to talk about, especially because we're a week later than I had wanted to be. But it works in the show's favor because you get to be here. You weren't going to get to be on the show last weekend, but I ended up uh, delaying it because, well, I was busy with my family at Dutch Wonderland all day and we got home and I was exhausted and like I had about 15 minutes to get ready to start the show. So I was like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing this. We went, we went yesterday. Um, it was a little warm, but it was a great day, but yeah. Um, it's uh, crazy how those places like take it out of you now. Do you remember like when you were like a kid, probably, my first memories of things like that are when I was probably a little older than what our kids are right now. But yeah, 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 yeah. like you just like, you didn't feel tired at all. Now, like you get into the car on the way home and like, sometimes you just like wake up in your home kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's crazy how that. <laughs> well, it's because you're 30. You it's because you're 35. <laughs> we went over this literally right before the show. I oh, that's 35. right. That's right. I'm sorry. You're not 35. You're uh 34 and 11 twelfths, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which good, brings good. up another side story that we'll talk about after the show. <laughs> well, we always have a lot going on. And because we're only really, what, five weeks away from heat acclimatization Whoa. session starting. Yeah, beginning of August. You know, they go to team camp in two weeks, the LBC camp. So, you know, good times. Got a lot of stuff going on. And we're going to cover it all. We've got recaps of the... Events that happened last week, last week, at least for me, was Wilson Football Week in June because we had the Reading Phillies event with Chad Henney. Then two days later, Wilson hosted their annual seven-on-seven camp uh, where 12 teams plus two Wilson squads uh, rotated and played uh, four opponents, you know, kind of gauge where you're at early in the offseason. And you got to see, uh, you know... A majority of the 2019 Bulldog team, obviously the linemen aren't there, which we all know are the most important members of the team, and uh, those are the ones that make or break your team every year. So we didn't get to see them, but uh, we will, and Wilson's got a, a lot back in the trenches this year. Then the next day was the golf tournament, which we were both at. We, and we'll talk about that. So three three big events. You know, I, last year I wrapped up the the week that was in June last year with a Bulldog Hour that Sunday. But like I said, last week just didn't work out with the schedule. But we are here tonight to talk about that, and we'll throw a few other things in there as well. But let's start with some of our 
you know, the housekeeping stuff that we do at the beginning of every episode, I do want to make sure that we mention our show sponsor, which for season five in 2019 here is May Sandwich Shop. And we thank everyone that has contributed, contributed and donated to us in the past. You know, we, um, Andy Herr and Matt Cruz, a couple anonymous donors, I believe we were up to three. So um, we, we appreciate everyone that has helped us in the past and we look forward to another great season this year. Our next live show, now this is going to throw some people off a little bit, but our next live show will be right after the scrimmage. So you won't hear from us live for over a, a month, about six, six, seven weeks. But there's going to be two more shows in between there, which will be of the tape variety that we'll publish. And those will be our interviews with the players and our interviews with the coaches the coaches one maybe be split into two episodes where we talk to the assistants and then we do one with coach Doms because usually our discussion with coach Doms is a good 45 minutes itself. Yeah. We don't want to sell the other coaches short. Yeah. As anyone knows that that can, it just starts going and then it just kind of keeps going and going and going. Yeah. Also like another moment where, and we, we have this discussion sometimes, but like I'm, I'm as bad as the kids. You're like, so this schedule may throw you for a loop and I'm like, Oh yeah, like it threw me for a loop. <laughs> even though we've gone over this, and right. I know it, um, yeah. Right. So the I, next I strike again. <laughs> the next live show will be Sunday, August eighteenth. We'll talk about you know the build up up to the season. We will talk about the scrimmage against Parkland, which is at home on Saturday, August seventeenth, and we will preview the first game of the season against Central Dolphin on our next live show. But again. There will be at least two, if not three more shows between now and then, and we will have interviews with senior players, interview with assistant coaches, and an interview with Coach Doms. Now, the other way uh, that you can help us out besides you know the sponsorship and advertising, uh, there's a few other things you can do. Um, we mentioned the people that have donated. Please check the website, bulldoghour.com. That helps to uh, spread the word and keep you informed with what's going on with the Wilson football program, not just this show here. I post uh, everything that the team and school sends to me gets up on that website. And then, of course, there's always Justin's favorite, spreading the word. Yeah, like and share. Like and share. You know, that's that's a good way to kind of see how we can, uh, you know, if, if you like what what you're seeing, we, we like the feedback, but um, it's always good, even if you can't give direct feedback, if, you, if you're liking it and sharing it, um, that helps spread the word to those um, who maybe haven't seen it. Or, you know, sometimes, you know, in June, it's not on everybody in the front of everybody's mind about high school football. But, um, you know, as we get later and as uh, school starts approaching and, you know, I say the air gets cooler, but in August it is no, not. No, it does not. It is no. not. It no, gets no, more not humid, if yeah. anything. It's a lot like today, actually. You know, yeah, so. <laughs> really. The the one thing I do want to mention relating to how you can help us, you know, if you can't throw, you know, some some money our way, or you you know, you've already liked our pages and you you share and and all that stuff. One thing you can do that I've wanted to mention on our other shows and just keep forgetting is I don't know that we ever gotten a review on iTunes or excuse me, oh, Apple yeah. Podcasts. Uh, so if you, I mean, we're on Google play, we're on a bunch of places. So if you enjoy the stuff we put out, you know, bulldog hour, obviously being the show that you're listening to now, but we also do another one. Justin and I have been doing the Joe Mays and JRAF show for over eight years now. And we have, you know, we're, we're working towards 300 episodes. If you're interested in that, you can check all that out 
at JMNJR Radio. That is where all the podcasts are hosted. If you don't watch live or watch this video, we have uh, you know audio-only podcast versions of these shows uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, believe we're on Stitcher. We're kind of everywhere. I think we even have a section on Spotify. So if you uh, ever need to listen to just the audio, you can find us there. And please do leave us a review anywhere and everywhere. We would greatly appreciate it. Now, perhaps the most important thing we wanted to mention in this show is one of a somber note. Since the our last broadcast at the end of February, um, we were shocked to learn about the passing of assistant coach Greg Barnett, who passed away suddenly uh, about a month ago, uh, five weeks ago in May. And uh, we just wanted to uh, extend our condolences to his family. Uh, I got to uh, attend his uh, his funeral. And uh, it was just, it's it's tough because of how abrupt it was. There was no warning. Yeah. And he's been a big part of this program for close to, if not more than 15 years. I believe he came around right after we graduated right. within a few years. I, I know he's like, he's been around as long as I have been around the school in like an official capacity. Like you said, not, a, not necessarily as a student. Maybe he was, but I don't remember him in that regard. Like you said, the timing would match up with that. However, um, yeah, since, since I started at Wilson, um, you know, he's always around and he was one of those guys that was kind of, he was everywhere. Um, you know, whether I used to, I did it more before, um, kids kind of change the schedule, but I work, work the weight room. He, he does that, you know, he helped with track, he helped, helped with football. So like a lot of kids, um, you know, were impacted by, uh, by Greg's, you know, influence and in, in his willingness to be there and always kind of put um, the kids, he always had the kids like in, in mind and was working to help get them get better. And uh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, he had, he had a, a, a big heart, very kind and loving man. He would do anything for anyone. He was the guy we saw after the games carrying the leftover game. food, and yeah. we would he would always give us you know hot dog, hamburger, pretzels. Like, you know, everyone would see him coming. Literally show up. Drive the bus, drive the team yeah. there, get off the bus, help, help, like, coach. Help set up, help coach. Like, help break down all the stuff, help, drive the bus back. Like, that's just who he was. Um, yeah, so he'll be sorely missed, you know, um, on the field and off the field. Oh, right? yeah. yeah just, I mean, you could see it from the outpouring of, yeah. you know, love and support and, and shock and disappointment from right. uh, friends, family, the community at large. You know, he was actually, I believe, a Mifflin graduate. So a little bit of crossing the lines. He grew up in Chillington. So it was kind of a mixture of a Mifflin and Wilson uh, people at the at, at the funeral and a huge community outpouring of support and disbelief. And, you know, it's unfortunate. It's n something no one saw coming. And, uh, you know, the Wilson football family will be grieving uh, this year and for years to come. So we just wanted to, again, recognize his impact on the program and our student athletes and, um, you know, say or we're sorry for the family of Greg Barnett for having to go through this uh, so suddenly. Now, I think Greg wouldn't have liked the attention that no. he's been getting. Um, no, absolutely not. So I know what he would want us to do, and that's to move forward and to talk about the football team because that's exactly what he would do nice. in that situation to uplift the crowd. He would want to talk about some of his favorite things. And 
Um, I'm pretty sure confident to say that Wilson football was at the top of that list. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know he was, he was big in track, but man, he, you could see, um, you know, I, I believe it, you know, his family had the same kind of feelings. Cause look, there was Wilson football. There, there was track stuff. There was all kinds of, you know, some of the stuff from like his racing days and cars and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But the, there was so much Wilson stuff represented, you know, it was kind of like the, how Greg will be remembered. Um, yeah, so on we go to Wilson football. Now, we've gone over the schedule multiple times, and I have it up there. If you're watching, you can see what's on the docket here. Again, August 5th is the start of heat week, the acclimatization period. Then, you know, the summer camp starts th- two-a-days, three-a-days on August 12th. That Saturday is the scrimmage versus Parkland. That'll be home at Wilson, most likely Gursky Stadium, unless there's a conflict. Then week one, the next Friday, August 23rd, against Central Dolphin. Huge game to start the season. And that will officially kick off the 75th season of Wilson football, which we've been building up to for a while. I've been working behind the scenes um, when the season starts for almost 18 months about getting this ready with logos and everything that's going to be happening related to it. And there are some celebrations throughout the year going on, um, no bigger than in October Friday, October 11th, the Wilson Football Tradition Club event will be hosting five former championship teams, 1969, 1979, 1989, 1999, and 2009, all won league and or district titles if they were were eligible. Um, And we're welcoming those uh, players from the team. If they were player coach on those teams, they're welcome to come back and enjoy the game with us. Then the next, the next day, Saturday, October 12th, that evening at Gursky stadium will be the alumni flag football game. And I'm still looking for players for that. I'm up to mid mid thirties who are uh, physically fit enough to want to walk on the Gursky turf one more time. And if you're interested in playing with that, please get in contact with me as soon as possible. The registration deadline is two weeks away, and I need to get about 10 more players uh, to operate the game the way I want to. Then following that, uh, 8 o'clock or thereafter, we will be having an evening receptions at P.J. Willihan's, and that will be for any Wilson football alumni in you know player coach contributor and that aspect more information on all these events will be forthcoming this summer but we definitely want to get you ready for that uh we we got to debut the 75th season helmets last time that was a lot of fun throwing it back a little bit to um well both the 70s and uh the 90s because well the one bulldog is influenced by the 50 year logo that was used in 1994 and then the other side of the helmet this year features the w in the red football and that harkens back to the 70s so they look really good i saw them in use you know at the seven on seven which we're going to talk about shortly and um you know very excited to uh, just have something a little bit different this year you know it's not sticking around uh, but i've heard Pretty positive things from almost everyone that I've encountered when it comes to this. And um, you are able to buy those stickers now, those helmet decals, um, through the Tradition Club. I have them for sale at May's Sandwich Shop, or you can buy them online at BulldogHour.com. Just go to the merchandise. And besides the helmet decals, you can also pick up a variety of other things celebrating the 75th season. As of right now, we have the pins 
embroidered patches, and the pint glasses all available to purchase online at bulldoghour.com, or you can see me at May's Sandwich Shop to pick them up as well. And coming soon in the next two or three weeks, there will be a complete 75th season apparel web store made available where you can pick up uh, Wilson football apparel and have that for you in time for the start of the season. So I think that's it about the announcements and just kind of a recaps and information so we're going to move on to a couple main events here there's a, you know a lot of items to talk about i'm not sure how long they'll take to talk about so we should be wrapped up here on time as we usually are we're really good at keeping this about an hour other than when we have the massive interview episodes yeah but we started splitting yeah. those up so i think uh, i remember one of our first shows was like over two hours long yeah we started and we're like <laughs> yeah and i think we were doing but I think we jammed all the interviews into one episode. That's what yeah, I think. Yeah. So now we know. Yeah. Now now we know. Now we know how to do it. Year five. You know, fifth, fifth time around. We should, we fifth time through the rotation. We yeah. we uh, we understand the pitches that are being thrown at us. So let's take a look at the seven on seven that just happened uh, just over a week ago. It was last Thursday in and around Gursky Stadium. Wilson hosted their annual seven on seven event. I was there to uh, take in the action of the first three sessions and take pictures and and I uh, actually broadcasted the sessions live as well. So uh, hopefully people were able to tune in and watch that. Wilson first played Exeter. That Wilson had two teams. Let me put say that first. There was a red and a white squad. Majority of upperclassmen and perceived starters were on the red team with a few sprinkled in on the white team, but the white team was mostly underclassmen and, and junior varsity getting reps in. I didn't get to watch the white squad all that much. I mostly focused on the red red team. And they played Exeter, then North Penn, then Redding. Um, I was not at the fourth uh, matchup, but I think it was Fleetwood, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, uh, I believe it was Fleetwood. Fleetwood or Hamburg, I, I don't recall. But I, I saw the first three. The red team looked very strong against Exeter. Came out of the gate strong. They did rotate three quarterbacks pretty evenly until um, to be junior Caleb Brown tweaked his ankle or foot a little bit. So he was uh, icing. No- nothing major, but uh, he didn't see as many repetitions later in the se- in the uh, the seven on seven sessions. But he had a he had seemed to have very nice chemistry with Brady Gibble. He had two nice quick touchdowns to him in the first offensive part of that Exeter matchup. But we also saw good play from Nick Williams um, and Ryan Moseman, who are the three guys gunning for the job. Nick Williams, the senior, uh, whereas Moseman is also a junior, just like Caleb Brown. So right now that's up in the air. And I heard positive and negatives about all three getting the job and I, maybe we'll see some kind of rotation i don't know you know we haven't done the coach interviews yet so we don't know what's in their yeah. mind but and, and it's still june we we know right, that right. um you know they they have camp coming up in a few weeks um that usually goes a long way to kind of helping to clear get a clear picture on some of that because you get a lot of like concentrated time on on some of the things they're looking for um, but yeah, it, it's going to be something to keep your eye on as the summer goes on. And even pro- like you said, it wouldn't be surprising as of right now, if, if it took a little bit to kind of for everything to settle into place there. But. I know, you know, without getting 
too confident. I know that the coaches believe they have a lot of talent on the team and they just hope they can reach that potential. I got to talk a little bit with uh, defensive coordinator Ernie Wolber and wide receivers coach Mark Steinmeier and uh, he he knows that this is the best wide receiver group top to bottom. You know, the depth there is incredibly positive. So, you know, and the biggest thing impacting athletes everywhere is can they stay healthy? And that's right. something that's been tough for the Bulldogs the last two years. So hopefully they see a lucky streak in terms of uh, not having to visit Doc and Kiernan much yeah. this season. That'll be wonderful. And, uh, but then the biggest thing is just trying to figure out what's going to happen at quarterback. And right, right yeah, now, that's... from what I can tell, it's literally like 33% all three directions. All right. Sounds good. From, from what I've watched and from what I've been told. Well, that, that's why we'll let them figure that well, out. Right. And like you said, it's only the end of June. They haven't done team camp. They haven't put on the pads. They're just wearing helmets. They went through some spring stuff in May. It's uh, you know time for separate. Um, this is just my conjecture, but I'm thinking if it lingers where none of them separate, I wouldn't be surprised to see the senior Nick Williams get the job because of the seniority, because right. of the maturity. Right. And he's he played with these the guys the longest. Right. And the that also time, allows right. you to play Caleb at maybe wide receiver, but obviously at defensive back. Right, yeah. That that's just that's all on me. That has nothing to do with who I talk to, players, coaches. That's just my thinking that if they stay neck, you know, head to head and neck to neck, toes to toes, I think they at least start with Williams, but then either one of of Brown or Moseman could come in and pinch it, or maybe they do a complete, you know, two or three guys. We've seen them do it before. They have, they have. So we'll we'll see. We'll we'll have to see how that plays out. It'll be interesting to hear uh, when we get to those coaches' interviews um, later in in about a month or so, roughly. Um, how that, um, you know, if, if there's any indication that it's starting to uh, tilt away from that thirty three point three percent, like you, like you mentioned, so. right. So we'll see, but it was a, it was a fun, good event as always. Enjoyable. They got all the sessions in before a major storm rolled through, which had been the flavor of the week. About, you know, ten to twelve days ago, it was a little rough yeah. for a while. I know this area yeah, we, was hit we can, hard. We can drop that part from yeah. last season too, <laughs> for, with for all, sure. the, all the rain. So. Yeah. So the the next event uh, was the next day. I'm uh, going out of order here a little bit. We're going to jump back to the Tuesday of the week with the Chad uh, event in here in a little bit. But we're going to talk about the uh, Bulldog Open. 21st annual Wilson football golf tournament was held once again at Manor, where it's been for two plus decades now. Uh, big, we actually honored a group. I think this is the 20, yeah, 21st. You have it up on the screen, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Um, but there is a group that has played in all 21, I believe I heard. Really? Wow. I, and so like, they kind of gave him a shout out at the, that's cool. Do you remember the, who it was? The, I don't, you don't. Yeah. No. You're, you're useless. Why I, are you I recognize some of them, but I, I don't know. I, I wasn't able to stay the, for the last hour when they hand out like the gifts and the prizes <sighs> and stuff like that. So I, I miss, missed the end of the event, Commitment. but <laughs> um, it, you know, it was a fun time thanks to uh, Matt Bender for organizing it again yeah. and yep. taking all that under his wing I know he's pleading he with people please register earlier next year because yeah. a week before the event he had like 18 or something like 15 yeah, and then he got 10 or 11 in yeah, the last he, like 5 days yeah. he's like register early if you know you're playing register early and the biggest news to come out of it at the beginning was yeah. it's moving from Friday to Saturday right, which I right. think they're hoping is going to open up right. people you know more available so you don't have to take time right. off of work I know they'd also like um, you know and I'm sure he'll kind of probably push this you know with some of the guys um, that they may see in October but um, you know 
they uh they're looking to get some of the guys who have graduated in the last you know maybe 10 15 years or maybe even like our age you know um which is more than 15 years. Um, to, no, it's not to, why. To, why to would you do that? that? Why? To get that, um, to get them kind of coming in and involved too. It, it's it's a lot of fun. It, it's a blast. Um, I've played three out of the last four. Last year I was on vacation, so I did not get to play. No excuses. Um, you know the date. I don't want to hear it next year. You know when it is. Actually, I don't know. I just know it's on a Saturday next <laughs> well, year. That's, that's but, true. That's fair. However, um, I do know it's a Saturday in June, so I'll just... Um, but anyway, it, it is a blast. It's a great time. Um, I would highly in- encourage anyone who is thinking about it, um, you know, to get together, uh, you know, four guys, or even if you can't get four, if you can, you know, you get one or two, Bender can always hook, you know, match you up with some other group. And um, it, it's it's a good time. And it was a beautiful day. Oh, it, was it was a beautiful marvelous. day. Marvelous. Absolutely like, great. After, I'm glad it wasn't today. No, oh my, my gosh, gosh that heat! A little oh, warm, no, no, little warm. But yeah, it was it was a good time. I and, have, and it's you know all the kind of help give back to the program. So yeah, it, right. It's exactly back. it's I mean, it's the biggest fundraiser of the year, at least the, organized by the coaches and the program itself. Right. They 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 uh, get a lot of support from this, and it all goes back to the student athletes and the program to to better themselves. If you want to look at more pictures from both the seven on seven and the Bulldog Open. You can do so at Facebook. I have albums there, you know, 150, I think, for the 7-on-7 7 7 and close to 300 from the golf event. Um, but one more thing to talk about because oh. I know it's out there, and I'm pretty sure Justin this, was going to bring it up if I didn't. This was, uh, this was hilarious. I just want to clear the air a little bit to address exactly what happened because I feel like because of the circumstances, people think that I was driving this cart and that I, I did this on purpose or, or something like that. And I so, promise you. So why don't you tell us, why did you drive it up, <laughs> up the hill? I, I promise you there were no shenanigans involved because I literally wasn't even in the cart when it happened. So I was on uh, T, at T11, which you had just vacated yeah. for the group behind you to come in. Yeah. And I was parked there taking pictures of the foursome that was there, which um, obviously you can see Ernie Magalotti was part of that group. Um, also, Brett Givel, Kevin Benino, and Getz, I believe, was the, the third or the fourth, I, I think. Um, and all of a sudden, we heard like a snap. It kind of sounded like a tree branch, you know, someone breaking a tree branch. And we all turned to look, and there goes my golf cart rolling down the hill. And I take off. And if you haven't been there after the 11th, it is a steep hill. Yeah. It started to <laughs> go down. Into a wooded area. It picked up speed quickly. And I chased after it. And the whole time I thought for sure it was going to collide with a rather large tree at the turn. But it followed the path around the tree. And then it skipped over uh, the embankment into that little creek. And then up the hill, <laughs> as you can see in this picture tweeted out by uh, Mr. Magalotti. Um, saying that, it was, well, I was almost lost for the season before it even began. Uh, so, yeah, we had a, a lot of laughs because obviously nothing was damaged and no one was hurt. Um, nothing happened to me or my camera, <laughs> nor anything happened to the golf cart. It was fine. Uh, that foursome, they helped me get it straightened in the little creek there, but we couldn't get it up over the embankment. So, um, Kevin Vanino took me back to the clubhouse. We talked to the golf pro. He came down with a cart and rope. By then, that foursome had moved on, and the one behind them just so happened to be Doug and Susie. So uh, <laughs> Doug and Susie and uh, the the, uh, the couple with them came down, 
and all of everyone taking pictures along the way, of course. And uh, we'll just... eventually, after tying golf carts together and flooring it and, and getting uh, people to push and turn the wheels, we got it out. It was still working, and I went on my way to continue <laughs> taking pictures. So uh, yeah, that was my experience at uh, my second Bulldog Open. So won't be looking to duplicate that next year, <laughs> that's for sure. So yeah. But anything else to say from your experience with the, uh, no, the golf just, tournament? It, it's a really good time. Um, it's a good time to get out there with some friends and, you know, uh, golf a little bit. Uh, but it's also a good time to see some of the people that you don't really get to see a whole lot. Maybe you get to see them kind of at the games. But, you know, um, it, it's just a good time. And, you know, a Friday afternoon, next year, Saturday, um, just kind of spend some time uh, for a good cause to go back to the program um, so that they can keep – being success- successful, and um, you know, hopefully, we can keep it going. Next up is a little bit of self promotion and backdrop artwork. I wanted to point out because I, I love them so much. I about a month ago or so, I um, commissioned custom footballs that I've been seeing making the round over the last six months or so. They're going to be used heavily for the BCTV coverage that Bruce Badgley is doing. Wow. A game ball is going to be handed out. I was part of the uh, ceremony at the um, the Tri County All Star Game a month ago, where the MVP from the North and South squad got a custom game ball. Um, and actually signed by um, Coach Nagy of the Chicago Bears because awesome. he was the keynote speaker. So both the uh, MVPs from the East-West game got these custom uh, footballs. And I was like, well, we got a couple things going on, and I got this podcast. I feel like it'd be cool to have in the background. You can see them if you're watching uh, behind Justin and, and my head, but I have pictures here that I'll that I'll pull up so that you can get a better look at them. And uh, they're they're awesome. I love the way that they turned out. Uh, and this is done by the ball girl. Her name is Jamie, spelled exactly the same. There you go. Uh, so you should be uh, familiar familiar with that aspect. But I think they turned out great. I actually had three commissioned, but one of them is a surprise that will be unveiled in October. But the other one is uh, the Bulldog Hour Ball. You can see there on the left and on the right is one commemorating the 75th season of the program. And I have another picture here to, just to give you a better look at the uh, the Bulldog Hour 1. Also has the uh, May Sandwich Shop sponsor on there since um, my dad in the shop has, has uh, helped us out every single year. So I think it looks pretty cool. You know, I can rotate them around. They look great as a background backdrop for the show. But even in person, like, it's, it's cool to have people here uh, to see them. So uh, shout out to Jamie. If you ha- have any interest in uh, custom sports balls check to hand out, out. Check out her work. Yeah, it is check amazing. her out. It, and it is really really high quality i have her promotional one here and i do want to mention though that it's not just football she does everything i know she was promoting a basketball one she did uh recently she has done um lacrosse balls she's done softballs she i'm sure she could do baseballs i had seen the stuff from bruce um not just for the tri-county stuff but like just how he uh had kind of started following and, and promoting some of the things some of her work um, so then I had started following and then um, it was funny because you hadn't mentioned anything about the, the footballs, um, at least directly. And then I uh, I saw she sent out like a question about like color schemes or something like that. Or maybe you t- texted me. But, like, oh, yeah, yeah. But like 
I thought she tweeted out just to kind of like get people's opinions, but didn't have any specifics on it. But it was it was red, and like I know that color red. And when I saw that color red, I was like, Joey's ordering football. Like, <laughs> I, well, and I think that she might have posted that right around when the, I was about to get them because I think I sent you a picture right, right, of them within right. a, like a day or so. Yeah. So, but yeah, so check out Jamie, the ball girl. The phone number is on this ball here. You can also find her uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I believe they're all the underscore ball underscore girl or just, um, just uh, you know, Google the ball girl online. And she is a semi-local down in Ben Salem, so it's not that far away. She does amazing work, fast turnaround, uh, just great. Like, I just love it so much. And uh, you can't see it. I don't have a picture of it up there, but let's see if I can... I don't know if I, if we can lean that you can see the 70th season one. I just think it's super cool because well, it has chrome. Oh, okay. So there you you can kind of see it, you know, right near my head. I can like kind of <laughs> eat it. Uh, yeah, but so the other thing back there, and you saw it in the photos, is we've got Bobble Chad. Bobble yeah, Chad is yeah. in the house, so he's hanging out with us here now in the Bulldog Hour studios, and he comes from the Reading Phillies. Hometown Hero Night, their first ever an inaugural event that they're doing to recognize, uh, you know, important people. I guess athletically based in the city of Reading. At least that's the way it's starting. I know they're also doing um, one. I think it's later this summer for Lonnie Walker. Um, There's a bobblehead for him coming. Coming, I believe. I think. I think it's this summer, or they maybe it's the next one they're doing. But yeah. I've heard talk about it, so that'll be cool. That's cool. But Chad Henney was the, the first one, and it was a really fun event. Uh, you know, about 12 days ago, last Tuesday night, it was a beautiful night again. The storm just missed us, and we got to uh, see Chad throw out a first pitch. He got presented with a really cool duct tape artwork. Uh, just really cool stuff. Uh, and then he signed for a little over an hour, got meet and greet with, uh, you know, Wilson, Michigan fans and, uh, some chiefs fans. So a bunch of chiefs fans there. Again, I have, um, uh, like 300 or so photos of this event on the Wilson Bulldogs football Facebook page. You can check it out. There's a few here. If you're watching the show, I have them up now. Uh, it was, you know, it was a lot of fun, and what most people wanted besides, you know, the pictures and the autographs was the the bobblehead. That was the big thing that you, everyone wanted to pick up. And uh, it, it was just a beautiful evening. You know, we, we got the bobblehead for the first 1,500 adults, and then we ended up seeing a rainbow, and the sunset was amazing, and the Reading Phillies won big. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It really, really was. It was a great event, really um, well done by the Reading Phillies. And obviously, Chad was... Uh, you know, a, a pro like always, he's done so many of these and, you know, he he's never one to turn down uh, the fans. He he signed uh, for a long time. Try not to wreck that. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was really, really gracious and uh, got to hang out. And uh, it was cool. His kids got to throw out first pitches as well. So That's cool. It was a fun night for the family of uh, everyone involved. A, a great event in Reading Phillies. Uh, you know, the Fightins are going to do it again sometimes. And um, once they uh, clear out some of the more recent guys, maybe they'll go back into the past and recognize some people because yeah. I'd love to see them do something um, for John or Carrie. Yeah, that would be, be cool. That would be a lot of fun. So, all right. I don't think there's too much left to add. Is there anything you have to say about uh, uh, about the program or any of these events no, or anything like that upcoming? Does a good job kind of catching everyone up. Um, you know, on some of the events that have been happening. You know, like I said. 
some of these things are not necessarily in the forefront of everyone's uh, mind, but they are, you know, kind of things that involve the football program. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of that the seven on seven is kind of like the kickoff. Like you said, I know, I know they have a lot of stuff going on before that, but that's kind of like the kickoff. And then um, it's, it's a grind now, you know, it's, it's hot, it's humid. Um, there are a few weeks removed from school. So like it just becomes a different, kind of you know awareness i guess even on the on the players parts but yeah. um well we're know, getting it, into gear and then you know you've got a lot of work to do before you get to camp then there's a lot of work at camp and then you kind of come back you're you're kind of regroup i know sometimes they get a day or two but then they kind of regroup and off you go you know it's time to eat acclimatization even <laughs> though uh you know they've been doing that hopefully, all summer hopefully, long yeah hopefully um but I, I mean, I understand you, you. You need to have that, you know. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, We've I mean, covered a, that one. It was it's a necessary play. evil. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, well, you know what? I, I there was one more thing. I don't have a slide for it. It's just something I wanted to throw out. What is your opinion and take on the new legislation uh, that was introduced by so, Representative Bernstein? I I'm believe not, I'm not an expert on this, uh, like on this particular thing. I, so a lot of what I saw was well, actually, I guess technically everything I saw was essentially secondhand. It was from I, newspaper writers because from I, East and because West. I did not read the proposed legislation, the, right. you know? So, so just uh, kind of as a disclaimer there, however, I saw a variety of things and from uh, essentially my, my go-to, um, uh, Mike Drago, you know, I feel like does an excellent job kind of laying things out there sometimes without necessarily always wading into the waters himself. You know, not just this issue, but lots of things. But this issue comes up with the two main high school sports he covers, football and basketball. This comes up a lot. I think one of the biggest things that I noted was, if I understood correctly, is that this would separate private and public schools, but it still would group charter schools in with public schools because technically they are public schools. Right. Whereas a lot of the talk leading up to this had been, and we, we heard this, I'll be honest, the first person I heard say it a few years ago was coach Dom's in a question we asked him and not, you know, this wasn't him, you know, getting, you know, into it in any means, but he just referred to the issue as boundary versus non-boundary. And well, that's I, what it truly should be. Right. And so when I heard that that's not what this legislature is, in, from what I heard, that's kind of – that was an interesting thing to me because I feel like that is missing what is um, going on. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, because I feel like um, – yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like yep. I, I think – and honestly, I don't. I'm not exactly sure that I. Well, let me phrase that. I know I don't have all the answers because I know it's not necessarily simple. But I feel like it's been made much more complex than it really needs to be. This would also have them play an additional champion, the public versus private yeah. champion, at the end, which I think New Jersey may do in some of their sports. But I feel like that's weird. Like the whole idea is to separate them like why like i don't think that should be there and i know that might leave people wanting more but i feel like 
There's not the way. I know it's, it's not a business, but you're you're sometimes better leaving them wanting more than giving them more than what they wanted. You know what I mean? Like the way it's proposed doesn't make any sense to me because there has to be an equal number of Catholic Catholic slash private schools that make right. the playoffs as public. There's an inordinate amount of public schools versus private Catholic schools. And that's the problem that everyone has is saying, hey, there's only a few of these schools, but why are they winning all the titles in these, you know, at least at the, um, you know, the big sports levels, especially football, boys and girls, basketball. Those are the ones that jump in front to the front of everyone's mind. You have very few Catholic private schools, charter schools in the state. I think it's less than 100. Yeah. Across all classifications, that, that field, that field teams, right, yes, right, that yes. field athletic teams. Yeah. But now, like say, you know, eight to sixteen public schools make a state tournament in one class. You have to have that many in another class. Well, guess what? You don't have that many, and so, like it doesn't make any sense. And then they wanted to just completely throw away transfer rules and just be like, you can transfer for anything. And what I read from it was a writer out west from the Whippeal area say that I with this, with this, if, if this would pass, and PIAA's hands would be forced, and they'd have to adopt this and and go forth with it, you could have a player play at one private school for football a different private school for basketball and then another private school for track and field. Like they could jump around during sports seasons because you cannot deny a transfer for purely athletic reasons anymore. Like they can just go because there's, there's like, you can't do that. Public schools, you can't do that unless you literally change your location. You have to move or take up primary residence in a school district to be eligible. Well, there's no way you're getting through the public system by moving three times. Like that's right. just not gonna and happen. To be honest, to be honest though, if you do, more power to you. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you ha- like, if you do it <laughs> legally, like yes, the way yes, it's yes. written, and you take up residence three different times, I mean, but like, I feel like the public schools have the ability to flag that and challenge it. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know, maybe that that would be thrown out the window too. But you still, by PIAA rules, by Public school rules, you have to live in the district to be able to play for that team. So you literally would have to change residence twice, you know, start at a place, move in the winter, then move in the spring. So this just, it kind of reminds me of, and I'm not going to get into like specifics, but it reminds me of a lot of like um, things you'll see, like kind of like, uh, like political memes. And again, I'm not getting into specifics here, but like where it's like, what do you want? And it says like something and it's like, when do you want it? We want it now. And then it's like, and what do you get? And it's like something else. You yeah, know, it's like, like, what do we want? Ice cream. When do you want it now? Well, here's pizza. Right? You know, like, thanks. You know, like, I feel like this is something where they're like, oh, here, this is a fix. No, we, I mean, and I feel like if you listen to any of the people, especially the people who are most vocal, which I'm not saying the vocal minority on any issue necessarily needs to be is the right, you know, it, just because they're being louder. But if you listen to the people who I feel like have the highest stakeholders in this, I feel like a lot of them were left saying all the same thing from a lot of different sides. This makes no sense. This makes no sense right. at like, all. I've seen a lot of people on some side on both sides of the issue more in the lines of how we have talked about the split, you know, boundary versus non-boundary things, either before it or against it for whatever reasons that I may or may not agree with. But I feel like this is like, let's make it 
more complicated. This is I feel like it's a step backwards. Honestly. Yeah, I don't think um, it's any better at all. Right. I think it would I think it, it would make things worse. It has this proposal has nothing to do with what we talked about back in February. That one made a lot more sense. Yeah. That is the one that I want to go through because I mean in the at the end of the day you keep six classifications, four public, two, four boundary, two non-boundary, and you do it at the playoff level, not the state level. You right, have to do nothing. it in district, districts. District level wasn't even affected. Right. It would which, only be state level. So what happens now, it, it doesn't affect, from a Wilson point of view, it doesn't af- impact Wilson in districts because there are no 6A non-boundary schools. Right. It's when you get into the state playoffs that was right. an issue for but Wilson. Then, but but then, that's not the tr- true everywhere then, else. You could even have ki- teams that don't qualify for districts that are qualifying for states because – they didn't. Right. They aren't in the top sixteen or whatever. You well, know, look at like five or four A in in District Three. You're not in the top sixteen, but you're the top eight. You know, or you're the second from your district. I, I don't know. It's like, the it's everyone's favorite word, and what's going to be everyone's favorite word for the next year plus equity or equality, which is complete BS. <laughs> this is awful. Like this proposal is terrible. It it doesn't help at all. And like when when I heard that there was going to be another proposal, I was like, oh, great. This is, you know, another one. Like, let's hash it out. Let's get this done. Let's get it through quickly. And maybe maybe just maybe we can put it into impact into effect for the 2022 season. You know, I know there was hope for 2020, but I don't think there's any chance in that happening. I think you're more likely to see it uh, if something happens for the fall 2022 season. But this this ain't it. This ain't it. No. Let's go back to the February proposal and work from there because I don't know exactly where this came from. And I'm sure, you know, I know the big thing that representative is a Bernstein Bernstein. So. He's saying, well, you're not going to get everything when you, I was like, we don't, why do you have to work with the Catholic league? Like you brought them in. I don't to appease them. Why there shouldn't have to be an appeasal. The state legislature has already said, you can go ahead and do that, that, you know, you're interpreting the law incorrectly. And the thing we talked about in February was basically to add something to definitively say you can separate them. Right. It's not against the law. Right. So you're going to get challenges from the Catholic League. Well, I mean, you know, justice system is what it is, but I feel like not, or boundary schools could win that one. Yeah. So let them bring le- legislation or, uh, sorry, uh, you know, let them take it to the courts. Right. I don't care. Like, it, I don't care anymore. It at does least, not matter. Honestly, at least there'd be some resolution then. Like, right, at least yeah. they'd be like, no, you can't do it. Well, you know what? I don't agree, but it's settled. Like, it's not like where we're left kind of thinking like, oh, something something could be done. Something could be done. Something could be done. It's completely it's absurd just, the way never... things have gone over the last decade. The, so. the rise to prominence of non-boundary schools. It's it a is, joke. It is It's a complete crazy, joke. But. And uh, the PIAA hasn't done anything to help. They tried to put a Band-Aid on it last year with changing the transfer rules, but too many people are upset. And, you know, I hear people all the time being like, oh, schools are just, you know, sour grapes, and they're just whining and complaining. And then everywhere that posts a poll about it, it's 75 to 80% of respondents want that. Right. (laughs) Like, you can say, oh, yeah, well, it's split down party lines. Okay, guess what? That's because the public schools outmatch you probably five to one, six to oh, one, yeah, maybe more, more, ten to one. 
because there's what 560 or something public schools in the state of Pennsylvania, yeah. which is a whole nother issue that people are trying to change. But it's just, it's absurd. And, and it'll probably take another three to five years, but something needs to be done. But whatever gets done, hopefully it's not this most recent proposal because it is crap. Right. And, and, you know, maybe I would, it would be one thing if it was like a, a starting point, you know, like, but we feel like, I feel like this is a step backward from what was thrown out there in, in February, like you mentioned, like, I felt like that was closer to what I thought would actually yeah, work. That's so like, exactly. I, I kind of look at this as like, is this, is this something that's different? Yes. But is it a solution to the perceived problem or issue? Maybe not problem might not be the right word, but issue. You know what I mean? Like, and no, I don't really feel like it is. And that doesn't necessarily mean it won't be <laughs> passed. But you know what I mean? Like, I, when I just look at things, I'm like, if we're going to have changes, let's have those changes in order to fix things, not for the sake of change. Yeah, right. I feel oh. like this is change for the sake of change, not change for the sake of change fixes. for the ch- sake of change does not help anyone in the long run. Right. So I would rather keep the status quo until you hash out something that makes the most sense. Right. That makes the most sense. Right. I, I don't want equality. I want fairness. And the way it's set up right now, it's not fair. You're not playing by the same rules. And anyone that tries to tell you otherwise is being ignorant. Like, if you can tell me that anyone can come to that school, doesn't matter where they live, but other schools just draw from their boundaries, that doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Or keep it that way. I don't care if you keep it that way. But then I don't want to be playing those schools in the playoffs. Like that, no, it's separate because you're not playing by the same rules. And 30 some other states operate this way. That boundary, non-boundary, when it comes to playoff time, they're separate. Yep. And like you said, maybe there's some states that in the end, they have a private versus public game. Fine. You know, you want to throw that in there to, to whatever. But like when it comes to public schools, I want to know who's the public school champ. Who's the teams playing by the same same rules, which I know. And which every is, time it's posted, is, people try to be like, Wilson recruits. Uh, and it's always the same which, sad, which is, contrived notions that are false. It's interesting to me because if you look at it, at the district level, the Philadelphia League already has this. They separate into the public and, and private school leagues. Like that's, you know, like they have separate champions. Um, Yeah, it's just... It's a mess. Um, I don't have all the answers, but I don't. I I feel like I I am familiar enough with the issue to recognize when I don't think something is the right answer, and I think that's kind of where I stand here. So, um, you know, maybe maybe it'll get at least maybe I'll look at it from this point. Maybe it'll be something that gets more people who can make the decisions in a position where it's something they're thinking about, um, which wouldn't necessarily be a terrible thing, you know, but. Um, so it's not, if, if this is a step, not, not getting past, but like the idea of this being thrown out there and, you know, being in articles all over the state, East, West, kind of get people talking. If this is one of those things that could get people talking to work towards a, um, a better solution. I, I, I'm in favor of that. I'm not in favor of this step being the, the silver bullet that fixes it. I'm not sure there's a single part of this that would benefit the public schools. I saw that the a lot of the stuff I read from out west was that the Whitfield was was 
They were upset about going to six classifications. They were upset about six classifications. They were not happy about the realignment of the state football playoffs last year where District... Where District uh, 3 went back to the east and they moved District, uh, what, 11? However, however, like I think those are big things, but they're like, eh. This, I heard, is less popular than those this (laughs) well this uh, i mean at first when i saw that they didn't didn't like it without knowing what it was i was just like oh it's whippyle being whippyle you know they're just gonna whine and complain and want to leave whatever but then i read it i was like oh no they're they're right they're right about this i don't really like i don't feel bad for the whippyle or district one and district 11 because we district three was out there for how long right like why is it any different we were out there for what 12 years you gotta win your games yeah like like, now just flip who who we're gonna play. Now and we're honestly, play that's from, from the coaches I've talked to, Wilson coaches, other coaches, things like that. That's kind of a lot of people's take on that alignment before and after is you're gonna have to beat good teams. You know, like you're, it, to win a state championship, you're gonna have to beat really good teams. Right. Um, like we ran into Harrisburg this year. Harrisburg upended and probably upset Coatesville, but right. then they lost in the state championship game. Right. So. It's interesting. I'm glad the season is here. There's a lot to talk about. Who knows what will happen with uh, the PIAA and state legislature and this boundary, non-boundary talk. But I'm just glad when the actual football season will be here. And it's super close now. Just a reminder that our next live show will be August 18th. But we will have two or three more episodes taped and published on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Anchor FM, and... I don't know. Maybe I can throw it up somewhere else too. But if you uh, you want to watch the interviews, that YouTube will be the place to get that. So, anything else for you, from you, Justin? I uh, know it's good to be uh, hitting the stride in summer. Like I said, it'll it'll be a few. It'll be a while till we're back live. Uh, we'll have some other updates, but um, you know, good luck to the team as they kind of get into this hot part of the summer. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of work to be done. So hopefully they can uh, keep working hard and hit camp strong, come out of camp strong, and uh, really start to kind of gel as a team uh, moving towards August because then it gets real in a hurry. LVC team camps in two weeks. I'm going to try to get to uh, maybe one of the sessions and have updates. So if you want to stay connected with the Wilson football program, make sure you follow Wilson Bulldogs or Wilson Bulldogs football across social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, primarily. Again, you can follow the Bulldog Hour at Bulldog Hour on those same sites. And I uh, definitely want to follow me and Justin as well at Coach Joe Mays at Mr. Underscore Raffoff. Uh, but that's it. So thanks for joining us for episode three of the Bulldog Hours fifth season. Until next time, remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.